0: Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie De La Tour, and this week we have a story from comedian and storyteller, Alyssa Westerlund. It's been a little while. I'm having a hard time finishing anything I start. So I start this podcast and then I stop and I lay down and I watch streaming anything. I want any opportunity I have to not be myself. So, I apologize if I'm not really, you know, here the way I try to be, the way I promise to be. I want to be dependable. I want to have a weekly podcast. But when you're an entrepreneur, I guess we're going to use that word, everything you do is self driven. And when you have this much death in your life, (laughs) you have no drive. So I'm trying not to beat myself up about it. I'm just trying to do what I can while I can. And then I just go zone out for a while. If you've listened lately, you know that I haven't done a live show in a couple of months. If you listened to my last podcast episode, you heard the saga of my mother's death and driving halfway across the country in the van that I named after her, Edna. Thank you for all the people who wrote me emails encouraging me to drive Edna to their city and bring body there. It feels good to be wanted, but I honestly can't figure out what's going on with live shows right now. As much as I want that, and I want that a lot, I can't afford to lose money on a live show. I don't have it to lose. So I'm going to try and figure it out. But right now, I am not in a place where my brain is going to figure it out for me. So here's what I've been doing lately to try and entertain myself. I've been getting a lot of requests to perform and most of them I say no to, but I had said yes to one back in December and the performer in that show, whose name is Joe Wadlington, but who performed as the drag queen Jubilee. And I'll have the story for you in the podcast soon because it was an incredible story. I agreed back in December that I was going to be in Joe's show, which happened a hmm, week and a half ago, and it was called Happy Endings, and the theme of the night was period peace. So I had to talk about, as my grandmother used to call it, menstruation, and it was a reading, so I needed to read off paper, which I don't do, ever. I make jokes all the time saying, I'm Southern, I can't read, but reading off paper is a completely different thing than telling a story on stage and I hadn't performed in a while and my emotions were all over the place so I raced to get there I got a new phone nothing's working right with this phone I need tech support for my new Apple phone so bad I want to send it back but I think it's too late I couldn't get a lift because the app wouldn't work on my phone. I was running late. When I showed up, I threw my purse at a friend who was there to see me perform, went in the bathroom, threw my brains up from nerves, and then got on stage. Read off paper for the first time ever, my first ever reading, and it was a competition, and I won, which surprised the hell out of me. And if you're a winner, that means that you're invited to come back and perform at the next one and help curate the next one. And I haven't given them an answer on whether I'm gonna do that or not or whether I'm going to take one of my many storytellers and find somebody who can replace me. It won't be about periods next time. That was a special theme. I just don't know that I can do it. But it felt really good to succeed at something that scared me so bad. I was asked by somebody in the school district to do something with students recently. And that feels so good to me because people think when you do body, that's who you are 24 hours a day. And I'm a living, breathing human who happens to be very comfortable with blue material. But I'm a grown up. I know how to talk around kids. So to have somebody ask me to do that and have that kind of trust in me felt really good. Actually, kids don't scare me. Their parents scare me because parents are very reactive. They want to make sure that you don't talk about anything around their kids. And I scare the parents, not the kids. And I showed up, and they were having a lot of trouble getting the kids to participate in this gender sexuality day that they were having in Golden Gate Park. They had all these great activities. Free passes for the Ferris wheel, for the Japanese tea garden, all these really cool things that I would have jumped at. And the kids were just kind of kept off to themselves they were in little puddles talking to their closest friends and this was multiple 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 schools throughout the school district I was warned not to take it personally because the kids were just doing their thing and their kids they're going to so I showed up I had grabbed this little unicorn on the way out the door it was stuffed it still had a tag on it it was glittery and I went up to little patches of kids and I went hey do you like stories And they went, yeah. I'm like, do you like to tell stories? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, we're doing a gender journey story slam. So if you have a coming out story, if you have a story about figuring out who you are or how you identify, um, we're trying to get everybody to get up and tell their stories. And uh, the first name pulled out of the hat is going to get this stuffed unicorn. That was one of the best ideas I ever had because those kids lost their mind about that unicorn. I had about an hour to do this. I had so many names in that hat. That's hard to get grownups to do, but so many kids put their name in the hat to get up and tell a story. And the director from the school district sent me an email afterwards saying the amazing thing was of all the kids who got up, I think we had time for seven to tell their stories. We had a lot more than that in the hat. Of those seven, two of the kids were coming out for the first time ever in front of people. So it really was a coming out story journey for them. And they were really happy with how it went. They were like, God, you're like a Pied Piper. They just followed you. We had so much trouble getting them to do things, but they were into you and they were really into the stories. And that made me feel really good at a time when I could really use feeling good. I went and I rode the Ferris wheel. I looked out over the city and I felt a little bit of possibility, you know? I'm doing things lately that are not my usual routine. Just things that I'm like, that's different. I'm just gonna do that. And I have a little panic attack every time I say yes because I'm like, I don't know that I can follow through on shit right now. So cross your fingers. Right now, I'm preparing to do the Golden Dildo Awards. And dildo is spelled D-I-L-D-E-A-U-X, you know, the fancy way, like dildo, fancy, like hoe, spelled fancy. And um, I'm about to do that with my friend Dolan Wolf, hot leather daddy, very English, very proper, but also a champion fister. And so this is a fundraiser for HIV charities. I think it's called the Positive Resource Center and the awards these are called the woodies so me and this leather daddy are going to be giving out awards like the orgasmatron award you know best sex in the bay area the horse hung stud award which is the dick of death award the butchest woman the fiercest femme the best boot black the biggest pig (laughs) (laughs) the dick of death award holy shit and um I love that the award for the best power fisting bottom is the golden gape award. That's pretty cute. But it's easier if you're doing something with a friend and Dolan and I are really dear friends and we love spending time together. In fact, the other day he said, you know what, I went to see this piece of theater. That's a touring Broadway show and it made me so happy and I'd like to gift you a ticket. Can you go to this thing? And I was like, oh my God, theater tickets are so expensive. And he's like, I don't care. I want to give it to you. It's an early birthday present. So I went to see this lookup come from away. It's an incredible story about when 9-11 happened. It's about how a small town in Newfoundland took in 7,000 people who were stranded on airplanes who couldn't go to where they were planning to go because all air travel was canceled. And they had to take care of them for like more than a week. And it's about generosity. And it's about taking care of strangers and not caring about their nationality. And it really was uplifting. And I wrote him the next day and said, you just had the most brilliant idea. That's what I need. I need experiences like that. I need immersive theater. I need experiences. That's what I want. So I'm going to ask people when they say, what do you want for your birthday this year? I'm going to say theater tickets or something where I'm around other people and can get out of myself and get out of my house and not have to run a show. I just have to enjoy someone else's art and experience their creativity and be inspired by it. That's what I really need right now. And speaking of my birthday, which is coming up soon, here's something that I just realized. And I don't like to end the Dixie Ramble on a down note, but here we go. I just figured out that my birthday this year on Mother's Day. That hasn't happened in a long time. People have asked me if I want to party and I'm like, I don't know if I want to party. I don't know if I'm up to that. I don't know what to do. But then realizing that it was Mother's Day and everybody was going to have plans for Mother's Day and I definitely wouldn't. That really knocked me on my ass, you know? So I hope to be back with a podcast episode soon but I honestly can't tell you what I'm doing because I don't know. I'm just letting my moods dictate things until I feel good enough to do my job again. Thanks for listening. Thanks for Karen. Thanks for your emails and your voice memos and all of it. Feeling your love is so huge right now. I lost so many people I love, but I still can feel the love flooding in thanks to you. It's time for a story. So let me tell you about this week's storyteller. Alyssa Westerlund's sweet, innocent looks belie her wicked sense of humor and spot-on delivery. She inspires women and melts men like toy soldiers in the microwave. Alyssa's stories will rip your guts out, tear your heart to pieces, grab you by the genitalia, and not let go until you're in stitches. Alyssa told this story in 2020 in one of our lockdown shows. In fact, one of our very first lockdown shows. And it is hard for comics to perform on Zoom. They hate it. I heard it repeatedly. But I thought Alyssa did such a great job. I'll have to say I miss her because she's moved away. The last time I talked to her, she was in Austin. And that's happened with a lot of the people who perform in the Bay Area. I've had a hard time tracking them down. And that's why it's so great to have their recorded stories. This story was told on Zoom in 2020. And your storyteller... Is Alyssa Westerlund.
2: Okay, so COVID's been rough, right? We can all agree it's been weird, especially for Jefferson. Um, like he wants to touch everything. I mean, we all want to touch everything. I stupidly I kicked out my uh, my long my my partner um, about in May because he said that everything was my fault in the relationship. And I was like, well, you might as well fucking leave then, uh, because you're not even really here. And uh, the problem with kicking him out is that he was great at eating pussy, right? Just like really good at eating pussy. And I'm like, God, I should have just held out a few more months. But I've been pretty depressed, and I've been going up to Nevada City uh, often just to hang out with a couple girlfriends. We've got a little bubble and they do a bunch of ayahuasca all the time, right? They're like, I mean, not all the time, but as often as you can do ayahuasca. And if you don't know what ayahuasca is, Google it afterwards, it's a hallucinogen. And while I was up there, I grabbed some DMT, right? And cause we didn't have enough ayahuasca like to do a ceremony. So I get some DMT and uh, I drive back to my, it's a, you know I've got 10 units in my apartment. I'm in Berkeley, I'm right next to Berkeley Bowl. And I'm like, fuck, I want to fucking die. I haven't been on stage in forever. I haven't gotten laid in months. And I just, so I decided this would be a perfect time to smoke some DMT. And I do. And my parents now, my parents are lifelong burners. They've been going to Burning Man forever. They went to Peru to do ayahuasca in the 90s. And they would talk about this and they'd be like, did you get the hit? You know, they always talk about getting the hit. And you like, I, I was like, no, I didn't get the hit. You know, I didn't get the hit. And then this time I fucking got the hit, right? I was like, whoa, oh my God, I'm in a new world. There's like, like all these shapes are coming alive and they're talking to me and I see God and it's the businessman's trip. 15 minutes of total escape from whatever the fuck is going on in the world right now. And so I kind of get up and um, I'm like, okay, everything's gonna be okay. I'm gonna figure it out. And I do my night routine, which is basically me like this, except no pasties, uh, totally naked with my headphones on, and I start jamming out to Annie Lennox. You know, it's like I'm a legend in my living room, and I'm just belting the song out, and I'm fucking getting down. And I start making a blueberry smoothie, and I can't hear the blender. It's probably you know 11 at night, and I'm blending this blueberry smoothie, dancing, shaking my ass, and I get that feeling, you know that feeling when someone's looking at you, like it's, it's a heat wave. So the LNU fires started the night before this event. So this is very recent. Uh, The night before this happened, all the lightning happened. So it's a heat wave in Berkeley. It's 90 degrees. I know if you're in Texas, that's nothing, but it was insane to be in Berkeley with no air conditioning. So my window is wide open and I look over and I see my neighbor like shaking a pack of like a six pack of beer in my window. (laughs) And I've lived here for seven years, you guys, seven years. (laughs) And he never talked to me before. He walks his dog past my bedroom window all the time. He's got this cute little fluffy white dog and we've never spoken. And all of a sudden he's standing there and he looks like Timothy Chalamet. If you guys know who that is, ladies, ladies, anybody, anyway, like if Orlando Bloom was like a, like, he's like a Latin porn star, but he looks like he might be 17 Right. And I'm just like, okay, I've got this boy outside and I look at him and I'm like, hi, I should put some clothes on. And he said, you know what? That's, that's optional. You don't, you know, I don't be able to do that. So I open my back door totally naked and let this guy who's got a six pack of Modelo into my house. And then I run to my bedroom and I'm like, hold on. And I put on this little fucking, you know, and I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, we can hang out. You know, so I bring him into this room where we all are right now. And I sit him down and I, you know, we crack open a beer. I give him a blueberry smoothie. Cause he was like, what is this fucking, where are we, Jama juice? And I was like, yeah, we're, this is totally jama juice. <laughs> he loved the smoothie. It was delicious. And we started talking and he's telling me, he's like, you know, we've lived here together for a long time. And you know, like what happened? You used to have all these guys in and out of your place. It was like covid happened. Like where have you been? Like yes, I used to. Um and he was like, "Oh, I remember that guy with the turban. I remember that guy with the Homer. I remember that guy with the Porsche." And I was like, "You are a teenager. Like all you think about is cars. Like what the fuck?" <laughs> And I, you know, I get the gist, like no guy comes to your window with a six pack in the middle of the fucking night. Like, and I'm just looking at him and I'm like, yo, we cannot have sex. We, we just can't. You're my neighbor and, and you live with your parents two doors down. That's fucking weird. Like, how old are you even? And he was like, I swear to God, I'm 21. Like my whole generation still lives with their parents. And I was like, you're fucking 21. He's like, yeah, I'm 21. And uh, so I made him show me his ID. And after some bad math, because I was like, wait, 1998? Like, what? (laughs) And I'm like, "Okay, you you are 21. And I was like, but I'm 34. So are you sure you want to do this? And he was like, listen, I am super attracted to you. I've been listening to You Have Sex for years. Like, I know (laughs) what you like. I know what you want. And, you know, I'm thinking I should be creeped out by this, but for some reason it's kind of hot. He's like, dude, you're basically a fucking legend. Like, we all know you. And I was just listening to Legends of <laughs> Living room, minutes. And I was like, I'm a fucking legend? Like, what is depression? Like, oh, okay, maybe we can talk a 21-year-old, you know? So he's like, listen, why don't you just chill out? Don't think so much. Why don't we just, you know, why don't you give me a tour of your apartment? So I take, I started taking, him, I was like, this kid is fucking smooth. So like, I take him. <laughs> and I, we didn't even get anywhere. We were like in the hallway. This is a two bedroom. And Bert, like, all of a sudden, I'm up against the wall. He's fucking kissing me. He's got these big, fat, juicy lips, just like juicy, great kisser. Like, and he's 6'4", right? He's 6'4". I'm like, okay, you can hold me up. I mean, I'm five feet tall. That's not hard. But this is fun, and then he was like, "Hey, by the way, I really, I, I'm really good at eating pussy, and uh, I know that's what you like." So he like throws me down on the bed, starts eating my pussy, and like he is good at it. I was like, "Wow, dude." <laughs> And all of a sudden, it's like, I'm like fucking squirting on this kid's face, and he's just like slurping it up. I'm like, okay. He's like, well, how about we go over there? And then all of a sudden, he's bending me over, and we're fucking. And he's got, you know, a nice size cock. He keeps asking me if it's big. And I'm like, listen, bro, I fucked 400 people. I'm not going to lie. This is average, but that's good enough <laughs> for me. Like, I'm five feet tall. I'm not a size queen, okay? Um, it, but it is so every single room in a house. And he was just really good. And there was no inhibition. And I was like thinking to myself, like, I haven't had fun. Like we were laughing the whole time. We took, it was four and a half hours. We took multiple breaks. And while we took breaks, we were doing push ups together. Like, like 10 slow, 10 fast. Like, I was like, oh my God, this is the kind of workout. Like I'm a really playful person. Sex should be playful and fun. And then he was like, hey, what, do you have like lingerie? And I was like, yes. I'm an adult. I own lingerie. Like, I was like, so could you like put that on right now? So I put on this little red thing that's, you know, lacy and whatever. And he was like, okay, Mrs. Claus, let's go. So I'm just like riding this kid. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Like the next day it was like putting shit back together. It was crazy. And then he was like, Hey, you know, uh, do you have any ice cubes? And I was like, yeah. I have ice cubes, right? Like, it's like, i oh, get a bunch of ice cubes. All of a sudden there's an ice cube in my pussy. He's just drinking all of it out. Like it's fucking hot. I'm like, this is perfect. Just drink. it. Like the floor didn't even get wet. He drank it all. <laughs> I mean, my nipples, like by the end of it, my nipples were fucking purple. Like that's the way I want it to be. Right. Like my ex didn't fucking play with my tits at all. I was like, what is even happening? This is amazing. And, uh, Oh, God, then what did we do next? Oh, then next he was like, hey, do you want to watch this porn with me? He was like, you have all the ideas. Like, this is incredible. (laughs) (laughs) We're watching porn, and he was like, hey, put an ice cube in your mouth and then suck my dick. And I don't even like sucking dick. And I don't even, like, he's been listening. I don't know if he knew or what. And I was like, I'm not sure I want to, and he was like, just do it. And I did. I just sucked his dick, like was rubbing ice all over his balls like all over his thighs just drinking him up and um (laughs) then he was like wait stop or I'm gonna come again and um oh my god so cute so at some point he's got me bent over my desk in my room and he's like can I call you a bitch and I was like this new generation is so sweet they asked for consent (laughs) yes, baby, you can call me a fucking bitch, call me whatever you want. I was like, why have I been only fucking 49 year olds? Like, what is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I have been missing out this entire time. And so this just keeps going. Eventually we're in my shower. He's trying to hold me up in the shower. I was like, you, we are going to die in here. Like, again, I'm 34. We stopped doing shower sex in our like early twenties. Right. Like everyone gets over that. Right. So we don't fuck in the shower. We come back in the room. We fuck one more time. I mean, he literally he came. It was like 15 feet. I was like, God, these young guys. And this was like the third time he came. I was like, keep coming. I was like, I finally found my match. Like, I finally, I finally found my match. So at the end, we're lying there. He was like, I am beat. Like, we've done a ton of push ups. It's like four in the morning now. Like, I think I'm done. I was like, yeah, you gotta go. And uh, he's like, but well, can we like do this like a couple times a week? I was like, Oh oh yeah. Yeah. We definitely, we definitely can. And, um, I don't know, man, it was legit. The best sex I've definitely had in 2020, but probably at least since I was single, uh, <laughs> before the pandemic because I didn't fuck my boy, like he- my boyfriend did not fuck me like that. And, uh, I'm just really happy. I'm really happy. I'm kind of nervous now because all my windows are still open. It's still hot. And, uh, like he's is he awesome. out there? Like when is he coming? I don't even know his name. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I just know he's two doors down, and uh, so yeah, maybe we're gonna make the best of this, you know? Like maybe some big things are coming uh, <laughs> from this <laughs> pandemic. Thank you so much. Awesome. Um, oh, yeah.
1: Oh, what's Something to me and I can't deny Blazing up my naughty girl shoes Chase away my naughty girl blues Nothing that a bitch won't do You know I'm a slut for you You know I'm a slut for write a review, he give me 500 stars, he went and bought me some booze, Louis Vuitton keep on top of it, taking a shot cause I'm calling it, bouncy as fuck when I'm popping it, watching the game but he pausing it, go in, you think I'm joking, you wanna judge me, your pussy frozen, I can't the foul when I let go, let go, posing like the hoe in the centerfold, centerfold, lacing up my naughty girl, show your respect, chase the way My naughty girl she-
0: That Song was Naughty Girl by Queen Irby. And if you'd like to see Alyssa Westerlund telling that story in nothing but the tiniest pair of pasties, because it's Alyssa, you know that's going to happen, you can see the video on our Patreon. It's up right now. I woke up to an email this morning and I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but I am going to read you part of it because I think you might want to hear it. Dearest Dixie, I'm fairly new to your podcast. It's only been a few months since I finally found you. And I wanted you to know that with that first Dixie Ramble, you stole a piece of my heart. So I wanted to drop you a line and say thank you. Your show helps keep me going. There are very few things I look forward to anymore. I send my condolences to you for Quake and your mom and your dad and your friends. You have taken some huge blows with grace. Things are really tough for me right now, but someday I hope I can subscribe and become a patron. Until then, I'll spread the word about body and send you my love. (sighs) Wouldn't it be nice to wake up to an email like that every single day? And the reason I'm sharing it with you is that the author of that email, Sabrina, can't afford to support body on Patreon right now. And I haven't done a live show in over two months. And everything I've been doing lately is pro bono as I try and figure out what's next. And I'm not the only one struggling. One of the biggest national touring storytelling shows, which sells out huge 2,000 seat venues all over the country and tickets sell out as soon as they go on sale, they just fold it. I found that out a couple days ago. One of my other favorite storytelling shows has gone from monthly to four times a year. When something goes wrong, we think it's us, right? So I kept thinking, what am I doing wrong? But the more I hear about other shows going under or struggling, I realize it's just what's going on in the world. And I'd probably be able to navigate that if I had a brain right now, but I don't. I am deep in grief. So I need some time. And because I don't have a job that offers me sick days... I'm going to ask you to support me on Patreon, on Cash App, on Venmo, however you're willing to give. And if you have a question, bodystorytelling at gmail.com and I'll and we'll make it work because right now I can't really work. My brain is not there. I'd appreciate you helping me buy some time. If you go to Patreon, it's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash body. That's the best way. That's recurring support. But whatever feels good for you and whatever you're willing to give is so much more than appreciated right now. If you're a Patreon supporter, thank you for being patient with me while I figure all this out. And if you're thinking about it, thanks in advance for your support. Well, that's our time for this week. But before I go, it's really important that you do this. Okay, so I'm going to ask, please rate, subscribe. And especially review this podcast. Like if you write me a written review, I read it immediately. I've got a little alert that tells me when I have a written review. And it makes me so happy. So if you like the podcast, and you've listened all the way to the end, so you probably do, please put your words out there. Not only will I read them, but other people will read them. And they'll decide to give this podcast a try. We really do put a lot of work into this podcast. And, you know, we don't want it to go away. So, the more people who listen, the more likely it is that we're going to continue this thing. Thank you in advance for doing that. And thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to Donald Mooney, David Grossoff, Mosa Maxwell Smith, Ty McKenzie, Roland James, and podcast producer Roman Din Howdaker. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour. This has been episode number 267 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.